Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shelf Logic. This is Jen. And this is Caroline. And we are at the Southeast Regional Library. And today we are excited because uh, we are going over Booktop Rex, two of the major players, I feel like, that are kind of popular on Booktop. Uh, you read one and I read one. So we're going to just jump in and kind of like go over it and encourage you to check it out at the library. And if you're not familiar with Book Talk, B-O-O-K-T-O-K, it is like the library and book related kind of subgenre of TikTok. So if you like videos about books or you like videos about libraries, they will probably start to pop up in more frequency. I know I get them all the time. So Definitely check these two out. And then if you are like interested in other books that are recommended through TikTok, I've seen some really cool videos where people like introduce the plot of a book as if it's like actually happening to them. And then they're like, if you thought that was wild, you should read, you know, this. And I love that. I think that's so fun. So if you search B-O-O-K-T-O-K, one word, book talk on TikTok, you will find all of the videos that have been hashtagged that way. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Okay, so what book did you read? Okay, so I read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. This is not one that I had actually seen on Book Talk. I had had to look up like a list of books that are being heavily recommended on Book Talk right now because every time I like a TikTok, it disappears into just the vast hole of the internet and I never find it again. But this one was really good. So here's the description on Goodreads. A life no one will remember, a story you will never forget. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave a mark on the world. But everything changes when, after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore, and he remembers her name. So, like, wild right off the bat, right? So it's a really interesting book. The, the beginning of it kind of introduces Addie and the reason why she made this bargain to, like, live forever. The description, that's kind of, like... Not exactly what she bargains. She says she doesn't want to belong to anyone. She's in this kind of, like, you don't get the impression that it's an arranged marriage, but she's in this situation where she's about to marry someone that she does not love and she's afraid. And so she runs into the woods and begs, like, just kind of begs out into the the vast openness of the sky. Like, I don't want to belong to anyone. I don't want to be anyone's anything and this kind of dark, they call him a god, they call him a demon, but this kind of dark figure comes and says, like, okay, you can have this, you have to pay with your soul. And she had previously been warned about praying to these, like, gods that come at night because they manipulate the way you make these bargains so that it's not exactly what you want. So she says, I don't want to belong to anyone, and that means to him, like, fine, then no one will ever remember who you are. Oh, isn't that wild? That's wild. So she lives her whole life kind of just going from place to place. And it's, it starts in the 1700s and she has to like steal to eat because she can't work 
because nobody remembers who she is. So she like starts to work somewhere and then they're like, who are you? Get out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She can't live anywhere. She can't have like a house because she tries to stay at like hostels and things and she'll get a key. She'll like hold this person's attention long enough for them to remember who she is to give her a key and she gets up to her room and then they're like, uh, who are you? Get out. Oh my God. It's horrible. It's so heartbreaking. Like every time she thinks she's figured something out, like this curse comes back to like kind of kick her when she's down. So it bounces between her trying to figure out how to manipulate the curse to work for her and present day. And in present day, she's living in New York and like you get the sense that she's learned so much over these last 300 years to like apply to being an adult (laughs) with a curse who no one can remember. And she goes into a bookstore and she is just kind of thumbing through the books. Um, She's already tricked like one person into not being able to remember her in the bookstore. She steals a copy of, Oh, it's going to test my remembering or my memory of the, (laughs) of the book. I think she steals a copy of the Iliad. No. Or the Odyssey. Something that's connected to my book (gasps) that we're going to talk about. This was meant to be. Oh, I love that. Ah! It's some some Greek tragedy. She steals like the Odyssey or the Iliad and it's in Greek. And when she's leaving, the bookstore owner like catches her on the way out and is like, "Uh, you didn't pay for that. And she immediately is kind of like, well, how did he remember that I didn't pay for this? Because the minute she walks away from somebody, the minute she's out of their line of sight, they forget her. And so she's like, oh, that's so weird. Ha ha. Like, Ha-ha. oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I literally don't know anyone that would be buying this book in Greek, in like the untranslated Greek. So you can just keep it. Like, it's not a big deal, but don't ever come back here. Yeah. And so she's like, oh yeah, okay. I'll never come back here. The next day she comes back and tries to return the book. <gasps> For money. For money. Right. And he's like, are you, and she's like, what? So she has this like overwhelming moment where she's like, oh my gosh, this person remembers me, but I don't know how. And so they're like kind of drawn to each other because she needs to figure out why or how he remembers her. And Henry, the main, the like main love interest or the main male character. That's him. That's him. He also has something weird going on with him. And so he's drawn to Addie because She's not, like, immediately fawning all over him and immediately attracted to him. And so, like, I'd say spoiler alert, but it's, like, pretty pretty clear right off the bat that, like, this is not just, like, a male model gorgeous person who people drop all over and are like, oh, you're so gorgeous. Let me do whatever you want for you. Something going on. There's something <laughs> going on. And so it's it was really well spun the way that the two of them are kind of related and how one can help the other and vice versa. So that was really cool. Um, this was my first dive into magical realism. So thank you, Book Talk. Um, because I have been skeptical. I'm not a huge fantasy reader. I'm not a huge sci-fi reader. And so magical realism seemed just to combine the two things that I was like, eh, I might get to that genre eventually, but it doesn't really seem like something for me. Um, and I really liked this. So I'm glad I did it. Um, I also, it was very reminiscent of The Time Traveler's Wife. So if you really like The Time Traveler's Wife, I recommend this one. It was also very reminiscent, and this is all over Goodreads. Everyone is always like, is this related? It's very reminiscent of The Age of Adeline, which was a movie that came out in 2015 and starred Blake Lively. Um, They are not related, despite the fact that Addie LaRue's full name is Adeline. It's very confusing. And I had to do several Googles to make sure that I was like, 
No, these are not related. This book came out in 20, I want to say 2019. That movie came out in 2015. So may have been loosely inspired. Like maybe V.E. Schwab saw that movie and was like, what if we flip the science head a little bit? Uh But they are not related. Okay. However, I do recommend it, Age of Adeline. And if you like that and you like Time Traveler's, Traveler's Wife, this is definitely one you should read. That's so good. It and was I so good. It. Did you, how did you read it? Like, did you have it in book form or? I did audio. Um, and I don't, I often will like, like recommend an audiobook more than a print book. If you're someone who likes that, especially if it's like a very compelling narrator or like a cast of people reading the book. I don't think that you really get much more out of, actually, I will amend that. You don't get anything more out of the audiobook, and I would actually recommend reading it in print because one of the cool things that the book does too um, is introduces it introduces each new part with a piece of art. And I didn't read the physical book, so I have never seen the art that it references in the audiobook. Um, but each piece it talks about, you kind of build across the parts of the book that like, wait a minute, these all sound like Addie. And so she finds, like I said, she finds these little tricks in the curse where she figures out somewhere along the way that she can't make a mark on anything. So she can't write anything. She can't draw anything. She can't paint anything, but she can act like a muse and kind of plant herself in people that gave me the chills. Isn't She's that like cool? All over history, I'm sure. And that's and that's the cool thing is that like the book introduces each new part with a piece of art, and it's not until like midway through the book that you kind of think like, and maybe I totally missed this because I didn't see the physical uh-huh. pictures, but you kind of think like, wait a minute, that sounds like Addie, and then it kind of reveals that yeah, like she's, she's figured out us. yeah that she's like throughout <laughs> history, like throughout the past 300 years, has like dropped herself in these little places where like she'll meet an artist and they'll spend the whole day together and he'll be like, I want to paint you. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And so he starts to paint her and then he might forget or they might go to bed or whatever the case is. And in the morning he'll have forgotten who she is, but he'll have that painting and he'll be like, inspiration. Exactly. Where he's like, Oh, I must have just, dreamed this up or seen someone on the street who looked like this, like in passing and he finishes the art piece. And then it's like out in the world. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? And it's neat too, because Henry has a friend who works at the bookstore with him who loves art. And so she can never remember Addie, but every time she sees Addie, she's like, you look like a work of art. Oh my God. You look like someone I've seen before. And it's funny because then you learn that like Addie's kind of manipulated this and kind of tricked the curse into working in her favor. And it's like, well, you kind of have seen her before. And she does look like a work of art because she's been in art throughout time. That's so wild. It was so cool. The ending was really good. I, there's one part that I was not super satisfied with, but I was going to let it go because I liked the book on the whole. And that's that like throughout history, the demon or like this dark God who Addie prayed to the first time to get this curse comes and checks in on her every like anniversary of the curse. And it's mostly in a way of like, are you tired of this yet? Like, can I have your soul? And it, it gets weird at one point and kind of co I don't know, manipulative. There's a lot of like coercion. You can tell that like she does things 
because of, she calls him Luke, um, because in her dreams as like a teenager, she dreamt of this beautiful man and he manifests himself as the beautiful man she always dreamed of. And she called him Luke and she thinks it's fitting because she thinks of him as the devil. So she calls uh-huh. him Lucifer or Luke for short. So she's got this really weird kind of manipulative relationship with Luke and it didn't sit well with me. I just... Like her manipulating him? Oh, him manipulating her. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I was like, wait, what? No, oh. and that's like... Yeah, he's bad. I, right. I can tell him from here. I don't know the book. <laughs> right. Well, you can like just see it Yeah, and like you can... Like obviously her finding this little chink in the armor of the curse is, you know, kind of a manipulation of what he did, but it's... There's some weird stuff that goes on throughout the book that I was just like, they they develop sort of a relationship, like a love-hate kind of thing with one another, where like, they've spent so much time together. They've been, she's like the longest curse he's ever held on to. So uh-huh. she's been chasing him for like 300 years. So they get to be kind of familiar with one another, and it just feels weird. And I don't think that I'm meant to like it, or I, uh-huh. I don't think that the author meant for me to sit there and be like, Aw, <laughs> they're buddies. They they love and hate each other. Isn't that rom-com funny? Like, I don't think that that's what it meant to be, but it, like, crossed over that, like, point of me being like, oh, I don't like that, Luke, into being like, I'm uncomfortable with where uh, this relationship sits. But maybe that's what they intended. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to ask B.E. Schwab. Spooky. Yeah, very weird. Well, that sounds like a very good book. It's very interesting because like, a lot of the things that you said maybe you think like oh that's that's this and so it's really funny that both of these books have been popular in book talk i read you know it the song of achilles Yay! Do you know that every time i go to say achilles my brain is screaming achilles really i have to try so hard not to say achilles where did you learn achilles from i think it's more fun to say and i think, <laughs> I think it just sounds more fun and so achilles fair um Song of Achilles. So the first thing that you said that made me think of it is Adeline uh, or Addie uh, kind of, you were saying she chose to kind of have a long life of obscurity, not maybe intentionally, but yeah. like a long life that's fading into obscurity or just like invisible to people um, versus what I assume would have been just like a typical like short life that would have been like, I don't know more, I don't know, connected to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, she imagines it being, and she actually, there is one part in the book where she imagines like what her life might have been like if she hadn't accepted the curse. And she still chooses this like long life of being forgotten because she knows the alternative is like a short life of what likely would have been like a loveless, sad, floppy marriage. Well, it just, it reminds me of the choice that Achilles kind of makes, except for that it wouldn't, it wasn't going to be a a short, sad life. It was going to (laughs) be, Basically, he's presented with this choice of, like, you could, oh, you could live a long, chill life, but you would fade into obscurity, and you would just be, you would, like, lose all your, like, uh, cool godness, and be really boring. Wouldn't that be terrible? Or you could go to this war and fight, and you would be a hero, and people would know you, and you'd be famous, and it'd be beautiful. It's what you're born for. It'll be really short life, though. Sorry. And he's like, okay, done. <laughs> so, I'll do it. So, um, okay. But that's not even the main part of the book, really. I mean, it sort of is the whole book. But you are following the main character of Patroclus. Do you, do you know about Greek mythology? 
I'm familiar enough with it to know, like, who Achilles is, but I yeah. don't think I know who Patroclus is. I knew nothing going into this. So, like, I, I don't I don't even know how to describe to you how much I didn't... The, the only thing I know about Greek mythology is that I read Percy Jackson. So... <laughs> yes. And these are different. This truly is a different story. So, it is basically a retelling of the Iliad. Um... It's following Patroclus. It's first person. He's describing to you his life, like, growing up, kind of stuff like that. And then, like, eventually meeting Achilles because he gets exiled from his own kingdom. He is born a prince as well. So Achilles is a prince of uh, Thea, this other, like, uh, kingdom over here. He get, uh, Patroclus gets exiled. One thing leads to another, and they become, like, super close friends. Um, like, like, growing up there in Thea. To kind of understand what was going on, I did have to visit the website, uh, and she, the author, Madeline Miller, or Madeline Miller, um, has done such an awesome website. So you, she has all the characters listed out, oh, cool. and like how they like play off of one another, like what's relevant. It's really good because it has like a lot of information as well about the different gods um, and goddesses. There's like a reader's guide and everything. That was helpful because because I didn't know the actual story of it, I would actually encourage you to like go read a summary before you even read the book because there are so many things woven throughout the book that I wouldn't have known were important. So like sure. there, there's just this um, one part. So like heading into it, I think like, oh, this could be fine. They'll just have a normal long life, right? No. So <laughs> the, big, the big spoiler or whatever, and I, I feel like it's not a spoiler because it's like Greek mythology. Uh, Patroclus and Achilles are in love, and so they're, like, so happy and great. Patroclus gets murdered on the battlefield by Hector, this other guy. Achilles is the greatest warrior that's ever been born. And, like, Achilles literally is so very upset, like, loses himself, goes in in a a rage and gets revenge, right? So that's, like, the tragedy of it. It's It's a whole tragedy. But this whole book is following Patroclus and... Achilles as they grow up and as they fall in love and like just them staying together and like they know they get like prophecies basically about like kind of what's going down and it's just like really sweet things where like I don't know uh, Achilles will, will say like I'm gonna be the first hero to ever be happy because like oh. this was earlier and and, and then Patrick is like what and he's like all the heroes are always so upset it's like they die in tragedy and he's like swear that I'll be happy because he knows he's gonna be a hero because he's he's like the son of a god and so. And then Patrick was like, oh, I swear. And he's like, it's because you're the one who makes me happy. And I'm like, crying right now. And then literally, like, that, ne- the next beat of the book is like, and then a trumpet sounded, and their father was calling them down to go to the castle to see what's going on. It's war. It's war. It's oh, what's happening. No. It's just so... And, like, they know the part of the prophecy is like, oh, all they know is that, like, Hector is going to die, and then Achilles will die, because they know he was going to have a short life. And so this whole time, they're like, oh, don't don't fight Hector. You're the only one who can kill Hector. Like, don't kill Hector because then you can live forever. You're not even thinking that Patroclus is going to be the one. You know what I mean? And then, of course, he's going to be like, oh, I want to go get revenge. So basically, don't feel like I'm giving so much away because, to be honest, if you you knew an ounce more than I did, then you would have already known it. But, like, I think it really informs, like, everything about the story. It's so beautiful. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many, like, context clues yes. that you get from knowing enough about Greek mythology. Yeah, and it just really, I didn't know anything about Achilles. All I knew was, like, Achilles' heel. Yeah. And that's not really part of this. Like, I mean, I guess if you were going to say, like, his one downfall is, like, I don't know, wanting to be famous or something. I don't know. But, like, it's it's just really, really sweet. Um, 
Stonewall Honor Book. It's the Orange Prize winner, It's not, which is another women's prize for fiction from 2012. Mm. Something that's so wild to me is this, this book came out in 2011 in Book Talk. Yeah, it's been out for a decade. Oh my gosh. So what's wild is Book Talk has like really like resurged the popularity of this title. I mean, it was never, I feel like it was always circulated like pretty consistently. Yeah. But right now there are 30 people waiting in line for it on the holds list. I oh checked. my gosh. We have it on Overdrive um, and Hoopla. So people are waiting for it on Overdrive too. Stop it. Go to Hoopla. Don't do it. <laughs> Hoopla has it immediately available and that's how I read it. So I... Uh, I like to listen to it, too, like, when I drive. And so I switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. The narrator is really good. Really? Like, yeah, it's pretty good. I so. love a good narrator. It's just, your heart just hurts, you know? You yeah. know what's coming. And, like, I don't know. As I was reading kind of more of the information about the Greek myths and, like, the different uh, major players in Greek mythology, <laughs> I was getting annoyed because because this is, like, so much my only kind of like experience with all those stories I would I would read it and they'd be like and then so and so did this and I was like that's false in Song of Achilles they did it this way and they were actually like nicer and normal and like so now I'm reading it and like Song of Achilles is real that's what happened this is it that's the canon yeah that's the canon yeah that's the canon and it's Um, interesting too because like you know you said like the Achilles heel thing is not exactly like what happens but that's the brunt of every like Greek mythology joke like the only place that I really knew about Achilles from was Hercules oh yeah and like Phil is like super disappointed in Hercules you're in um Achilles and he's like hesitant to take Hercules on as like his apprentice or his like mentor or his mentee because of like this failure with Achilles and so yeah like you've I've had it in my head like throughout my entire life that like oh like Achilles is just best known for, like, this stupid heel. Yeah. But it's really, like, that's his hamartia, is that, like, he wanted to be famous. Yeah. And, And, like, Achilles' heel, I think, is, like, the metaphor for hamartia. I am not familiar. I think it might. I mean, I think, well, what's so weird is, okay, in reading on Madeline Miller's website, which is, by the way, if you want to look it up, I would literally scour this website before you even read the book because it's so helpful. MadelineMiller.com. It's how you think you would spell it. And so um, basically she goes on to talk about like the Achilles heel myth stuff is the, actually the most recent thing to have like been developed in like history. Like that's the most recent thing. So she really is following mostly the Iliad, which is older. Okay. And a little bit of the Odyssey maybe. I'm not sure. But what I was excited to find out is Circe is more, I believe, the Odyssey. Yes, Don't that's what I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's what I understand of it, too. And Circe, I think, came out, well, obviously came out later than Song of Achilles. Um, and I feel like got its kind of, like, rise in popularity before Song of Achilles, which was really weird. Because, yeah, because Circe came out in 2018. So, like, that took that's off so when weird. it came out. Yeah. And Song of Achilles only just recently, I think, through Book, book Talk and... Through people's love for Cersei, yeah. Song of Achilles has like gotten its resurgence. Well, that makes me excited to read Cersei because because I'm like I literally I don't even know how to express to you how much my heart is in Song of Achilles <laughs> right now. To me, I'm like Cersei. What could that be about? Who cares? That's nonsense. <laughs> and so like I don't even know, but I'll probably read that too. Yeah. It's just it hurts. <laughs> oh, so good. I looked up Marcia. It is that is what I was thinking of. It's a fatal flaw leading to the downfall of a tragic hero or heroine. And like yeah, people point to Achilles' heel as like the greatest. Or, like, Achilles oh, okay. as the greatest example of Hamartia, because he 
like wanted fame, wanted like didn't care yeah. about having this short life, just wanted to be a hero, and that was ultimately his downfall. Right. Was that like he was not okay with being just like a normal person with like a normal life. And it's that whole scene when so him and Patroclus are like talking about that, and Patroclus is obviously like, I want you to live a long life. I don't care what you look like as you age. I, I want you like to not die. And and it's just so sad because Achilles isn't like thwarting that idea. He's like, I just don't think I could do it. It like physically hurts because I know that I'm meant to be like this like warrior who and it's like he like he's like blessed with like light. Like everybody around him, like he can't not be that. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's not so much like he is like vain almost. It's just like he has to do what he like feels like he, his purpose is. You know what I mean? Right. And so and then and Patroclus is like, okay, I will follow you anywhere. And so it's just like ah and then, of course, Achilles' mother is Thetis, which is the, a god sea nymph. Ooh. She's not the greatest. She's kind of nope. mean. But. <laughs> Darn. Well, that's that book. Um, again, it's on Hoopla, which is where like my preferred method to get it right now, just yeah. because there is a holds list, which is awesome. But get it on Hoopla if you download the app. Um, you don't have to wait for it at all. Just skip right over a holds list. Yeah. You don't need it. it in your life. <laughs> it's not It's not it. I think, let me, I'm double checking. As we speak, I believe Hoopla, yes. Invisible Life of Baby LaRue um, is available on Hoopla. It's also available on Overdrive. Hoopla. I'm almost certain that I did the exact same you did, thing you did and just skipped the holds list yeah. and went to Hoopla. So we will just give us a give us a podcast just singing the praises of Hoopla because yes. we'll do it. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up. I was so excited to talk about these books. Again, this is Jen. And this is Caroline. And have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.